Classiversary is now coming to a close, and Supercell did an amazing job with all of the skins, all of the activities, all of the offers, just an amazing celebration of 10 years. Also, what does Trample Damage think of my amazing troop idea? Of course, you know, Tip always has these new troop ideas, and we talk about that in this episode right here, right now on The Clash Tips. So what did you think about the skins? Uh, skins are live now. They have a Minecraft feel. I showed, it was so funny because this morning I typically pick up my iPad and I get at least two Legend League attacks in the morning and I sit at our kitchen bar and my son sits down beside me. He's typically watching SpongeBob or uh, Kid, Kid Danger, Captain Man, something like that. And I was sitting there attacking and I pulled up the skins. He's like, oh, what, 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 what is that? Is that Minecraft? Is that Minecraft and Clash of Clans? And I was like, no, no, that's not, it's not Minecraft. That's just the skins. He's like, well, what do they do? Do they like destroy stuff? Well, I, I have to buy them. I haven't bought them yet. He's like, okay, buy them so that I can watch you playing with these super awesome Minecraft skins. <laughs> Are you going to buy the Minecraft skins at all? So I, I probably will on my main base, on my Rochester account, uh, not only because I have disposable income so I can make uh, weird purchases <laughs> if I want to, but I, I probably won't buy them on very many. My Most of my bases have at least two hero skins for each of the available heroes that are on that base. I actually really like the Grand Warden one of all of the ones that they released. For whatever reason, I think the Grand Warden one is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I might wind up because I do have some, I think I think one of my Town Hall 11s might only have one hero skin. I might buy the Grand Warden for that one as well. But on my on my main base, my Rochester base, not only to support Supercell, but also to flex a little bit, I tend to wind up buying most of the stuff that comes out, at least on my main base. So I will wind up doing that. But I don't know that I'll wind up buying them for my for my other accounts, except for, like I said, one of my Town Hall 11s, I think, is newer and doesn't have it either has one hero skin or it has no hero skins that are the Grand Warden. And so I might wind up picking up one for that one. I think they're cool. Like I, I, I was, you know, it's like every time they come out with a new, it's like, you know, people like, oh, I saw this movie. I saw my new favorite movie. And it's like your new favorite movie until you see another movie. Then it's like your next yep. new favorite movie. My son's yep. that way with TV shows. It's like, that's my favorite TV show ever. And he starts watching a new and he's like, that's my new favorite TV show. And I feel the same way about a lot of the hero skins. I'm like, oh, that's my new favorite skin. That's my new favorite skin. The only one that has really never changed for me over time has been the Skeleton King skin as my favorite king for the hmm. my favorite skin for the Barbarian King. But I, I do really like the the one that for the Grand Warden, the pixelated one. It looks really cool. Yeah. And well, in honor of my son, who is really big into Minecraft, and, and I love it because our, our Xbox is actually upstairs in the extra game room. And so I'll come up or he'll come downstairs and he'll say, hey, dad, hey, dad, come on upstairs and see what I built. And he'll show me, we'll spend 30 minutes, he'll walk me through his world, he'll show me the house that he built. <laughs> Yesterday, I walked in, I'm like, hey, man, what you doing, bud? And he said, oh, I'm, I'm burning this house down. I was like, what? And I looked at him and he he had a torch and he had built a house. And just for fun, he was just setting fire to it 
walking around the house, lighting fires. He's like, I just want to see what it does. I'm like, okay. So in honor of him, I will have to buy these skins. So it looks like Supercell is going to get a little, little bit of my money. I will likely buy the scenery as well. So we'll see. <laughs> what did you think about the offerings at all? They were pretty OP. I will not so, be buying any with my main, but right. will you be buying any with any of your lower accounts? So I have right now, I'm at a point where I'm actually probably in the next month or so, I'll make another video. It's like one of the first videos that I made on YouTube. I mean, on TikTok that became really big was uh, when I was like flexing that I've got a max base of every town hall level. Mm -hmm. But I finished that almost right before, maybe like three weeks before town hall 14 came out. Right now I have a little bit more work to do on one town hall nine, and then I'll be able to make that video. I'm definitely going to wind up buying the Dark Elixir one for that because I think mm -hmm. the 500,000 Dark Elixir, again, when I was your age, 500,000 Dark Elixir <laughs> got me two levels of Archer Queen. I think 500,000 Dark Elixir might be enough to get like, I don't know, 16 or 17 Archer Queen levels. So I'm definitely going to buy that. That'll help me finish out that Town Hall 9. But my wife's old base, which is named Jane Eyre, which is the counterpart to my Rochester base. I love from it. The novel Jane Eyre. If you have me. I offer you my heart, my hand in marriage, and a share of all my worldly possessions. Will you marry me, Jane? I currently have that as what is a, it's now a very rushed Town Hall 13. It was almost max for Town Hall 11. I upgraded it to Town Hall 12, and then I just went ahead and pushed it to Town Hall 13, because I'd like to have it one day where my two main bases are my Rochester base and, and Jane my wife's former Jane Eyre. That's my wife's awesome. Yeah. But right now it's my Dewdrop base and my Rochester base that are my 14s. And I would like to have my Jane Eyre base also at one point be one of my max bases. So I decided since the heroes were done for whatever town hall level I was at, I was like, I'm just going to keep pushing them. And I, I'll start working on pets already. I'll start doing because I've never rushed a base before. But when I saw the deals this morning, I was like, I'm definitely buying all of those for my Jane Air base because it will allow me to just make more upgrades. And there's some even the builder potions that are there. I'll definitely wind up buying it for the builder potions. Mm -hmm. And then for one of my town hall nines, I'll buy it. But for the rest of my town halls, they're all max. So like with your town hall 14, it wouldn't do me any good to buy those things because I'm not upgrading anything on them anyway. And it's the same thing like my permanent town hall 12, my permanent town hall 13s. I at some point will wind up upgrading more bases. Like, you know, at some point after town hall 15 comes out, if I move both my 14s to 15 and both my 13s to 14, like all of a sudden I'm back in the upgrade game, but I'm not going to buy those things now in preparation for what will probably be cool deals that they'll sell sometime, you know, in a few months when they, whenever they release town hall 15, but they are some smoking hot deals. Like they, they are there's ones like 99 cents for a book of heroes. When, when I was your age, I used to only upgrade <laughs> heroes with gems. It was, there weren't book of heroes there. It was just gems. And so I always mentally benchmarked that because I would spend a hundred dollars to buy 14,000 gems. So it worked out to like $7 and 50 cents per hero level. Mm -hmm. And I, I was okay with that spend because it kept me in war. It kept me attacking in multiplayer battles and for 99 cents to get a book of heroes. Like that's a smoking hot deal as far as mm -hmm. I'm concerned. So I take it. You're not a fan of, for example, Itsu has stockpiled books of heroes, books of building, books of everything. And I, it's been a while since I've watched one of his videos that addressed that specific topic. But last time I checked, I think he had 19 books of heroes that are stockpiled. You're not a fan of that strategy? 
I, I, you know, it, I guess the thing is it's, it's cool and it would be fun to do, but you know, I'm not made of money, but I have a really good job. So like, I don't really need to plan ahead. Mm -hmm. I just, I'll, I'll buy the crap I need on the fly. And the only thing I've never wanted to purchase outright is a resource. I've never purchased gold. I don't purchase dark elixir. I never purchased elixir. I always spent my gems to up to finish hero time so that I'd be ready for war. And I think about like when I was really heavily grinding and I'd move to a new town hall level and I'd wind up maxing my heroes very quickly because, you know, I was playing way too much. So I, you know, I'd be looting, you know, four or 500,000 dark elixir in one day before sneaky goblins were a thing. <laughs> and I didn't care because as soon as I had enough to upgrade my hero, I'd upgrade the hero. I'd pay 500 gems and I'd go back to raiding with them again. So I think it's a, it's a cool strategy for people who are rightfully so more conscientious with their dollars that they're spending. And he sees a good deal and he's buying it to stockpile. Obviously every month, the gold pass hero book of heroes is going to waste like all that's going to waste because you can't stockpile them but you know if i was a little bit more conscientious about the cost of some of the stuff in the game i would absolutely jump on that because every time they have a three dollar book of heroes or a 99 cent book of heroes i would definitely be buying one but in mm -hmm. the meantime I'd, i'll use it for the ones that i can and uh, whenever the i wouldn't be surprised when town hall 14 came out they had you know, i spent <laughs> i spent quite a bit of money buying they were like here's four runes of dark elixir and six book of heroes. I'm like, cool. We got a bunch of book of buildings. Like I had my pets maxed within like three weeks of town hall 14 coming out. And to be fair, I got a lot of that because I bought their deals that had like runes of dark elixir and hero books and all that stuff. And they'll probably do the same thing and get a bunch of money from me when town hall 15 comes out. Well, and I can't help but think that unless you are at the highest levels of league competition, it's almost a fallacy to rush ahead whenever we play the game for experience. And I say that because for most of Town Hall 14, when Town Hall 14 was introduced in April of last year, I was actually at Town Hall 13. I went to Town Hall 14, upgraded in October of 2021. And so from October till today... I, I'm still not a max Town Hall 14. Now, granted, I'm very, very close. I only have a few weeks left of upgrades, but I have essentially been a non-max Town Hall 14, and yet the gaming experience that I've had over the past nine months has been awesome. It has been great. And so what I'm afraid of, and I, I'm not opposed to it at all, definitely not, but what I'm afraid of is that I buy these packs and then I'm already max. And then I regret the fact that I'm already max and I don't get to experience the chance of upgrading. And to a lot of players, they may hear that and say, wow, that you're such a loser. Like you, you want the experience of grinding and clash of clans. And I would have to say, yeah, I, there's pleasure that I get from looking at that builder list where you have suggested upgrades and planning a builder from day one to day two to three days to four days to five days to six days so that builders come do, you know, on a rolling basis and you have enough elixir or gold or dark elixir to put your next hero down. Like there's a certain part of that part of the game that I really enjoy. And I'm almost not looking forward to being max although I'm going to enjoy the, you know, the power component of it, but honestly, I've had max heroes for a long time. So I don't know. What, what do you think of that? So I will say in support of your contention that it's maybe more fun, more enjoyable to pace yourself. 
I think about early on in Town Hall 14 when, you know, a couple weeks in, I had Max Hero Pets and they hadn't released new levels for a lot of defenses yet because they've released them in stages. Mm-hmm. And I early on, you know, I want to say it was like May last year, Clan War League. I think I had a near perfect Clan War League. And Everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're such a good attacker. And I am a good attacker. And I, mm-hmm. and I think about my attacks and I plan my attacks. But one of the reasons why I was able to decimate people so much early on is because I ended up buying some of the deals that did give me higher hero levels. And they did give me higher pet levels. And it was against bases that had not yet seen all of their archer towers upgraded. Before they had the archer towers Early on in Town Hall 14, I was making this attack with five Lava Hounds, five Dragon Riders, and a few Funneling Troops. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the strategy is I bring nine Lightning Spells. I Lightning three of the Air Defenses, and I use my Heroes to take out the fourth. Now the Lava Hounds are basically flying Golems. And I would just have them pave the way for Dragon Riders to come in behind as an incredibly high damage per second dealing troop with the Lava Hounds tanking. And of course, as the Lava Hounds are exploding, they're leaving behind Lava Pups that are working on the cleanup. When people started getting their Archer Towers maxed, it became a less viable strategy because three Lightning Spells at Town Hall 14 will take out any Archer Tower except a Max Archer Tower. A Max Archer Tower still has, I think it's like 10 hit points. (laughs) <laughs> but because because a lot of times you'll have, a, you know, I'll, I would zap out an air defense. But in addition to that air defense, sometimes I'd get an air defense and an archer tower or an air defense and two archer towers and having three, four, five or even six fewer archer towers on the battlefield That's before huge. deploying an army like Lava Hounds and, and uh, Dragon Riders was a yeah, absolutely very huge. Now that the bases are generally max that I'm coming up against, that strategy is still something that I like to do and it's fun. It's just not a very consistent, reliable three-star strategy for Town Hall 14 because I don't get to also pick up a couple of Archer Towers along the way. And there is something that's like, you know, you think about like, I'm going to test my metal and I'm going to show like who's the best. And when my toys are bigger than your toys and they win the fight, it's like, it's not necessarily because skill is shining through. It's because (laughs) I now... To be fair, people can do the same thing if they're just very aggressively grinding for Dark Elixir, which is what I was doing, but I also was spending gems to be able to, you know, finish the upgrade times. But that's something that taking your time and seeing like my base held up, even though the Archer Towers aren't max, like, hey, that feels pretty good. Or I took down that base, even though my I'm, I'm missing one of my pets and the three that I have are only level five. So most of our listeners know that I split up most of our episodes in two, and we are definitely in the second half. So this is not going to come out till the 15th of August, likely, but I did want to propose to you my idea for a new troop that Supercell is going to be introducing. And the reason for that is because this morning, and what is today? Today is Tuesday, but I don't know the date. It's the 2nd. So it's August 2nd. It is Clashiversary today. And this morning, Supercell put out a video that talked about a flying goblin. And to me, it was very quick. It was something about the barbarian, something, something, all was invited except for the flying goblin. We do not have a flying troop that only targets resources. And also, if Supercell wants to invent or introduce a flying resource collecting troop, that is not something that is going going to upset the balance since we have Clash Worlds coming very, very soon. I know that if there was an OP troop like a Yeti 
or even I would say a headhunter or something like that that was introduced, that could really upset the balance, especially when we're about to go through the six weeks of clash. But to me, a flying resource collecting troop would not only be OP, but it would not upset the balance of attackers. It could be possibly something that could be used against the town hall since the town hall is considered a storage, but it's not something that's big. What are your thoughts about Supercell introducing a troop like that? I will tell you, first off, I have no existing knowledge at all. Okay, none good. That I, none that I have to <laughs> Yay, hire. we can talk so about I, it. Yeah, I can be completely, <laughs> I, I think it's a really great idea. I've always wanted the idea of a troop that would go for, I just always call non-functional buildings in an attack. Like you've got troops that go after defenses. You've got troops that go after resources. You don't have troops that will go after barracks, army camps, labs, spell factory, the non-resource, non-defense buildings. That's interesting. And I've always thought that might be an interesting addition because sometimes good base defenses, good base layouts involve a, a, a collection of barracks that are not that easy to funnel with some of your traditional funneling troops like a sneaky goblin or a balloon where you can snipe out a specific defense to form part of a funnel or snipe out a specific gold mine to form part of a funnel. I think a flying troop like that would actually be really cool. And it would it would definitely add a little bit of dimension to the base design because there are times where a flying troop might be able to get a gold mine that a mortar is otherwise going to be able to kill a goblin before it's able to take it down if somebody right. doesn't have sneaky goblins activated. Or I think about when we have a, maybe it's like a Hydra attack and you're heading in toward the town hall, it might very well make a viable army for somebody to potentially send in a couple of whatever the resource gathering flying troop is or a blend under the cover of a Grand Warden's Eternal Tome. You might be able to bring a stone slammer to move with the Hydra and have that clone bomb approach a different portion of the base that's densely populated with defenses and still maybe be able to take whatever flying resource troop you could potentially put that under the Grand Ward's Eternal Tome. They might be able to wipe out a town hall, sparing you having to use your siege engine. I feel like that would be a really cool troop. That would be a very interesting. And I, to your point, it's not going to be a new Yeti type troop where you're just like spamming the new overpowered thing that's going to destroy mm -hmm. bases. It's not like the new Super Dragon before it winds up getting appropriately nerfed. But that could be a very interesting troop to use to supplement attacks and possibly even give rise to a few new strategies, but not in a way that I think would really disrupt the, the meta heading into worlds. Right. Well, and I think it would affect base building in a, a minor way. But if you think about it, using sneaky gobs that are in Viz to take the town hall is a strategy in high level warplay. If something like this was introduced, I would think that it would be, you know, maybe five troop space. So it would be a little tankier than a regular goblin or maybe a sneaky goblin, which is only three troop space. But you could also invisit almost like you would a super minion blimp. But the entire goal with that troop would be to take down the town hall. I think it would be cool. I know that we've talked about the Goblin King for such a long time, but that's one thing. I know we have the minion, which is two troop space. And then the next flying item would be the balloon, I guess, which is defense seeking. We don't have any resource seeking troops that fly. I don't know. To me, that would be pretty cool. I want to see I what do. you thought about it. Yeah, I think it's cool. You know, the only thing that I don't like about some of the, what I think could be cool, innovative troops is 
some of these troops would be really cool to introduce at lower town hall levels, but that's been something that they've been, I think, a little bit hesitant to do because, you know, they do want to focus on, you know, the more competitive piece and the bigger bases. But like, I can't see the next upgrade. They'd have to almost be willing, I think, for some of the cool troop ideas, they'd have to almost be willing to retool a little bit when a troop is unlocked. Maybe the, the flying goblin is something that they would unlock even before, you know, I'll call it probably a regular elixir troop, but maybe that unlocks before the Yeti does. So it has mm. to force it to be available at some lower town halls. And because some of the fun that I think you could have with, with a troop like that is something that you'd be able to have a lot of fun with, especially at a lower town hall. Mm, yeah, I agree. So looking forward to the fall. Clash Worlds is coming up. I'm not sure if you're a big Clash Worlds watcher or not. If you watched last year, last year was pretty huge. There have been a lot of changes that have taken place over this past year. JX Tiger won last year, and then the Chinese server was actually split off, which that was huge. What are your predictions for Clash Worlds? And not necessarily from a, oh, Tribe Gaming's going to Clash Worlds this year, and the Queen Walkers are the favorites to win, but more from a consumer side view where will people be watching it? Will people actually be interested? I know that I listened to Rick and the Reddit Talks Clash podcast, and they mentioned that anytime something esports is brought up on the Reddit uh, subreddit, it's voted down almost just because people are just not in general interested in esports. But I watch some of these YouTubers and these streamers, and if you look at Clash with Eric, for example, he will stream some big wars and he'll have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that will watch that YouTube video. So obviously there's an interest, but I don't think it's an, it's an interest in like football NFL, where I'm an Atlanta, I'm an Atlanta Hawks or whatever fan. <laughs> you, can see, you can see, <laughs> you can see how much of a football fan I am. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't be disappointed in me, Blackhawk. But so <laughs> Not not in the sense, sense that they're like, oh, I'm a Queen Walker fan or I'm a Tribe Gaming fan or I'm a Space Station Gaming fan. But in general, they enjoy watching the, the competitiveness without any care for who these specific teams are. But what are your feelings about how the general populace are going to take that? I'm actually, you know, you mentioned Eric. He recently started posting stuff on TikTok. He has a, a company that he works with that it's like his brand managers essentially and they've been telling them you need to do some of the more short form stuff and it's very clear like you know my my tiktok is an example like you can certainly grow a following on there it's not you know huge from a monetary perspective and that's what eric is doing for a living for, but for eyeballs oh yes absolutely so you know he he was telling me because i commented on one of his videos somebody when we were on our way home from vacation somebody tagged me on one of his videos saying hey you should 1v1 trample damage and i said you know eric don't forget, like he literally was a professional clash player. He got big because his clan right. was his clan one hive did really well in a lot of competitions. I would get creamed if I was, <laughs> like, you know, like maybe I'd get lucky and I'd wind up winning a few of them, but most likely he would wind up destroying me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so anyway, he then replied back and he, you know, we were chatting a little bit and then he actually commented during one of the live streams that I was doing on TikTok. And I've actually been blown away by how many people have been willing to watch me play Clash of Clans on TikTok. I'm streaming directly from my iPad. And so you know, I'm looking at the comments that people are posting on my iPhone and I am making my attacks and I'm trying to talk to people and whatnot. But while I was on one day, 
I was, I was, you know, I jump around between my bases so quickly and I didn't even know what troops I had in the clan castle as I started some attack. It was a it was actually a town hall 13 attack with like a bunch of super minions and some dragon riders and some inferno dragons and a bunch of bats. Like, you know, I just make goofy armies, but mm -hmm. I, as I was starting the attack, I was like, I don't even know what's in this clan castle. I don't know if I should be sending this at the town hall. If I should be using a stone slammer, like I don't even remember <laughs> what my idea was. So then he's posting in there as I'm making the attack, hold on the clan castle button. And I, I wasn't paying that much attention. And then I, I realized what he meant. And he's mm -hmm. like, you can see the troops that are inside during your attack. If you hold on the badge that's on the clan castle or on the siege machine, I was like, no. So I went back in and I checked and I saw, oh my gosh, you can do that. So I sent him a message afterwards just saying, hey, you know, I've been playing since 2014. I think it's funny that you brought that up. It's like I learned something new. Thanks for, you know, chiming in and commenting. And we've been sending each other messages through TikTok, just chatting about stuff. And I'm trying to be supportive to other creators because obviously he's a much, much, much bigger creator than I am because he's got a humongous footprint in esports. He's got deals with all kinds of people to do the casting and but on TikTok, you know, he's only got like 16 or 1700 followers. So there I am trying to help. So like when he posts mm -hmm. stuff, I comment on his videos and I'll try and repost them if I ever figure out how that works. And one of the things that we've been talking about is he's like, I was really shocked at how much you got a you know footprint in terms of like streaming. He's like, because when he had commented, there were like almost 3000 people concurrently watching me play on TikTok. Mm -hmm. He's like, those numbers are insane. I said, well... I don't want to like downplay it, but the average view time that I have on a live stream on TikTok is like a minute and a half. Whereas on Twitch, I don't know what it actually is, but I'm sure it's more than 90 seconds. So like people even just watching one attack, they wind up hanging out for, you know, two or three minutes. But he was talking about being interested in trying to get into possibly doing some podcasting or not podcasting, some screencasting and commentary on TikTok. And I actually think that would be really cool if a big, you know, big name, a big creator was streaming some kind of event or even not a big name creator in general, like I am, you know, I, like a, a no name outside of TikTok. Like I'm not that big outside of TikTok. I know ten, I'm almost at 10,000 followers or, or subscribers on YouTube, which is still huge. And I feel like that's such an accomplishment, but it's not a million and a half followers. It's not mm -hmm. 330,000 like Eric has. But I wonder like if I were to have access to, watch some of those wars and stream some of those on TikTok, I wonder, would it possibly get those really high counts? I actually think it would because it's yes. incredibly fascinating. Yeah. And I think that people would stick around. And also if there's no reason for people to leave the app that they're in, that they're using, which is TikTok, leave that app go to another app, which is Twitch, which can also be difficult to use, which also forces you to watch a 30, 45 second video before you actually get into the streaming. If they can do that from TikTok, I think that's an innovation that a lot of players will like and will follow. So I, I definitely see that as a prediction that TikTok could be the next big, not only Clash of Clans, but the next big esports streaming app. So, you know, you mentioned that I actually had somebody from TikTok. There's they have a live. It's all capital letters. Live operations team reached out to me and said, hey, I want to talk to you about basically being your point of contact here at TikTok because your live streaming has been going really well. I had a really nice conversation with a guy. We were on the phone for about 45 minutes and he's like, you know, here's what we can offer you as a TikTok creator. And there are a few expectations that they would have in terms of like, I need to you know, I need to stream a little bit more frequently than I've been doing, or if I'm not going to, I should probably give them a heads up. 
but they are putting a lot of effort and resource that I can see already just from the fact that somebody reached out to me and said, hey, we're trying to cultivate the live environment here on TikTok. Like I got to feel like TikTok is trying to come after Twitch to grab Mm -hmm. a hold of some market share. And, you know, like you made the comments about not needing to leave the app. They would I'm I'm sure they would love to be a one stop shop, not only for do it yourself stuff and learning new dances and hearing new music and having something, whether it's esports or even just being able to watch Clash of Clans videos. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised. And this is one where, like, I'm always I'm always hoping at some point somebody from Supercell is going to reach out and go, hey. You can start telling people, use code trample. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> and if it does, it'll probably be a long time from now. But it would be pretty cool to have an opportunity to potentially expose a lot of people to Clash Esports through you know, my platform that I have on TikTok. Yeah, and I'm sure that they would love to be the esports headquarters. I mean, the place that you go for all things esports, you know? Absolutely. It, do you think that the good guys in our uh, new Town Hall 14 5v5 league will be and clash worlds this time next year you know i the thing (laughs) is like it's it's when you have a group of like-minded caring individuals that are willing to plan and work together i'm a big believer in the opportunities that people can create for themselves we have some really good attackers the Mm -hmm. truth is we also have people that you know they're busy we have lives we do things so we're not spending 45 minutes planning out every one of our attacks but when you up the stakes and you make something that's like super competitive like that, I think there is a very good opportunity because we have a couple of really solid attackers and, you know, I haven't had a chance to meet or at least experiencing the, be able to experience the attacking skills of some of the other guys that you're putting together into this group that we have, but a little bit of, you know, being on a phone call with somebody who's like, your queen's about to die. You know, or there's, a, <laughs> there's a witch that got out of the poison spell, you know, or just, the, the things that these competitive teams do to help and support one another, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a shot because, you know, I was when, one of the things I was talking to Eric about not that long ago, he was commenting on how, you know, in a lot of these wars, you're looking at like 12 or 13 stars becoming a victory because it's not a lot of perfect wars that people are necessarily getting. Yeah. And I, I know we have some very skilled and very talented attackers. And even though some of the people in the clan might say, oh, I'm like a one trick pony. Sometimes that one <laughs> trick is all you need to be able to, to pick apart a lot of bases. And the truth is, the more you practice with an army in Clash, you can take out damn near any layout with enough practice and experience at the different layouts. Some are a little bit more difficult than others to take out. Like I noticed for myself when I'm using a Hydra army, I don't really like those against the really boxy bases that are great for Super Bowlers Mm -hmm. because the pathing just doesn't work out quite as well. But if you have a group of one and a half or two trick ponies that can assign bases based on, oh, well, this is a good layout for the attack that I'm really good at. And that's a good layout for the attack you're really good at. Exactly. I I wouldn't be surprised if we have a shot to, you know, maybe we're not going to be the best clan in the world, but we have an absolutely good shot at at, uh, putting up some good numbers. It'll be fun. That definitely. So you talk about Town Hall 14 and I really feel like Town Hall 14 is very balanced right now. As you just said, you were talking with Eric, and the norm for esports is 12 or 13 stars, which to me, you have a good balance of different style attacks. You see hybrid, you see super bowlers, you see Lalo, uh, you see Hydra. So you're seeing not just one attack, but you're having players that look at the base and try to determine what's the best attack style that's going to work on this base. 
My question to you is because town hall 14 is so balanced, at least I feel that maybe you disagree, but because I feel like town hall 14 is in a good place. Do you think we're going to see more town hall 14 updates or do you think that Supercell is going to leave Town Hall 14 alone as it is and go straight to Town Hall 15, maybe in the fall, maybe in December, maybe not till next year? So I do agree that it's in a good place right now when, you know, they make a few. This is where I see like the difference, right? They when they make a tweak to a troop and it goes from, you know, like I have a, a Legend League day where I'm averaging four triples and my other attacks are all in the mid 80 percent range. Mm-hmm. And they make a small tweak to a troop and I wind up with two and a half or three triples. And my attacks are still, my other attacks are still in, you know, like the, you know, solid 80, 85% range. And I, I feel like those are reasonable balance changes that are just mm-hmm. trying to limit people's ability to just three star consistently. And not that they don't want people to, but they want it to be something that you kind of have to work for. And so I do think it is in a pretty good place right now. There have been a few times in the past where they nerf something and then I'm like, oh, well, this is now a completely non-viable attack. Right. And I feel like for the most part, and this is one of those things I don't think people give Supercell enough credit for. When you look at the upgrade that you get from one troop to the next, we're like, oh my gosh, I got level seven hog riders now. They're unstoppable. <laughs> Usually when you're going from level six to level seven of a troop, it's like an 8% increase in hit points, a 6% mm-hmm. increase in damage per second but it feels like it tripled the number of hit points and it doubled the damage output. It's usually in these small bursts that these troops are separated from one town hall level to another. And that, you know, I remember somebody commenting on this, what was it? The speed of the electro dragon, I think, Mm -hmm. or the time until it would take its first shot. When I was talking to the, the Reddit moderators on their, their podcast. And I said, I don't think people really understand. Like, I don't remember what the speed was. It was like, you know, one, one tile per, you know, like the, the speed went from like 11 to 12 or from 12 to 13. And I said, like, you think about that, if you go with the speed from 11 to 12, it's an almost 10% increase in speed, mm-hmm. which most of the upgrades that troops get when it's the damage output, it's the hit points, most of the updates yeah. that they get, they're That's eight, nine, point. 10% upgrades. Sometimes very small tweaks can make a huge impact. And I do feel like the tweaks that they've made over the course of the last year have been really good in shepherding Town Hall 14 somewhere where it is completely feasible and reasonable to three-star any base with an army that you're good at, but it's not a complete no-brainer that's super simple for, for everybody to just mirror. Right. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, it's almost as if E-Drags received an extra level, even though they I mean, didn't. Right. And I, you know, to the other part of your question about Town Hall 14, I don't actually think that they're going to do anything new with Town Hall 14 until Town Hall 15 comes out. I think, you know, from the spoilers that I've seen from people that, you know, have more insight than I do, uh, you know, it sounds like the community seems to think like late October might be when Town Hall 15 drops. And I just can't see Supercell doing a lot for Town Hall 14 between now and then. It's like all the, every building has gotten an upgrade. The walls are all able to be upgraded. You know, not every troop, but most of the troops got a new level. Uh, I think they're probably just going to be ready for the next shakeup to be when the town hall evolves into, I don't know, something that shoots eagle artilleries at people. Mm, It'll be interesting. I'm excited. Like, I'm excited to see. I think that Clash is in a good place overall. I mean, there are certain segments of the player base that are not happy with the trajectory that it's been going over the past six months or so. I enjoy it. I like it. I love talking about it and I really appreciate you coming on. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts? 
No, I just, I, you know, as always, I enjoy having an opportunity to, to kick back and chat about one of my absolute favorite hobbies that are out there. <laughs> and it's always a pleasure to be on. Yeah. Looking forward to uh, future episodes. You're actually going to be hopping on with me with our next interview, which is going to be OP. I'm excited about that. So that'd be good. Yeah. I need to grab, I, I started watching, I don't know if you're like tipping your hand on who it is. So I'll like not say anything, but I started watching some of the videos and it's, it's really cool. I love what you do in reaching out to, you know, smaller creators even to be mm -hmm. able to give not only them an opportunity to, you know, expose their content to, to Clash of Clans fans, but also to be able to just look at some of the different perspectives that it's not necessarily always the same people and the same people that we're used to listening to. It's yeah. nice to be able to hear some of those, those different perspectives. Well, and that's something interesting because what I find myself doing, because you know that I've started doing YouTube videos, what I find myself doing in designing my thumbnails for YouTube or in the style that I'm creating my YouTube video in is all watch creators like Carbon Finn and Itsu and Eric and Judo Sloth. And I'll think, oh, I have to do it like them. But then I'll watch a smaller creator and I love finding smaller creators and they do it in a completely different way. And I'm like, that is a genius way. And it may not be the way that the big YouTuber is doing, but I think, oh, that's an idea that I can implement in the way that I create, create my videos. And at the same time, I'm also able to kind of keep my personal touch. I, I don't think that there, I have not found any creators that are exactly like Trample Damage. Trample Damage has put his own stamp on all of his YouTube stuff, on all of his TikTok stuff. And that's what makes him special. And that's the reason that people enjoy watching your content and learning from you because of your style. And that's something that I enjoy learning from new content creators. We had YK404 on a couple months ago. We had Blackhawk on recently. And then we're going to have our next guest. We're going to leave it a mystery until next week. <laughs> but I'm super excited that you're going to join us on that. If people want to get a hold of you, how, how, how would they do so? So I do, I post, um, try, I say this all the time. I'm trying to post more on YouTube, but it's just so quick and easy to make stuff on TikTok. Most of my stuff I post, I post on TikTok. It's, you know, Trample Damage is my name on there. Um, I do post uh, periodically on Instagram as well. A lot of it is the same content that I put on TikTok, but I'm also starting to try and do more like, I'm going to do some base layouts because that's a place where I can put a link for a cool base. On Instagram, it's Trample underscore Damage. Otherwise, I hang out in the Clash of Plans Reddit community quite a bit posting on there. And I do have, you know, YouTube videos that I post as trample damage. And I actually am working on a new recruiting video for the good guys family, which for people who want to wind up joining the family on TikTok, I usually have a video that is pinned on my profile page that outlines the family of clans we have and the hero requirements to get into them. And you are also in the brand spanking new Clash Tips Discord server. So if anybody wants to say hi, stop by, they can join the server, which the link will be in the show notes. And you're pretty active on there. You say hi to people, the nice ones and the mean ones, right? Yes, because I'm super <laughs> friendly. <laughs> if you guys want to follow the podcast, you can do so on Twitter at Clash Tips Pod. Hop into our Discord server, find us on YouTube, Trample. It's been amazing as always. We'll catch you next episode.